Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. The following is a Hoop Bowl presentation. I am so thankful that Ball In, Ball Out was not recorded two hours ago because if it was, we would have missed the greatest news in Lakerland since the signing of Rajon Rondo. <laughs> welcome welcome to the Beasley pod, everyone. I'm Dan Bespris. Eli, pod. what's up, man? <laughs> oh, my God. I have no idea what's up. I feel like I feel like at this point, like magic is kind of trolling us. Or he's like he's like a guy in Vegas drunk at the blackjack table at four in the morning and he's just like <laughs> on a winning streak, so he's just going for it. Because uh, this is nuts. We now have the weirdest team of all time. This is Beasley was like the joke name that people were throwing out. Oh, who could the Lakers add to their ridiculous lineup that would make this even more spectacular? Michael Beasley. I bet he's out there. <laughs> Unbelievable. Unbelievable. It's, it's it's unreal. It's like you remember the movie Major League, and it's like all the weirdos just kind of like pull up. And, the greatest you know, montage uh, in sports film history, you mean? Yeah, we pretty much have all of those guys except for like the Tom Berenger catcher. Yeah, we, we do. We just do. have all of the, the weird guy. guys. We do have the Tom Berenger catcher. His name is Luol Deng. Oh, that's true. That's true. I, forget. <laughs> I always forget that he's on this team. Yeah, he's just sitting it um, out, man. He's waiting. We need who's our who's Roger Dorn on this team? Who's just like, I have no I have no idea. Yeah, just dogging dogging grounders. Yeah. Do you do you think at this point Luke, when he just opens his phone and gets the text, is just like shaking his head quietly? I think he's laughing. I think he's yeah. Chuckling. He must be. He must be. I feel like um, you know, like when you become when Obama became president and like you know, looked really young. And then two years later, yeah. he was just like completely gray and looked tired. Yeah. I feel like by the end of the season, Luke is going to be either completely bald or completely gray. Yeah. Or potentially like gray with one of those beards that just really doesn't look distinguished anymore. Oh yeah. He's yeah. well, he's well on his. So I feel like, okay, we thought we were going to talk about Kawhi Leonard on this podcast. Uh, so what well, we will, we will, <laughs> what you're just getting get is over the shock. This is immediate reaction. I just got home from a preschool tour, turned on oh my, my computer and saw this is the most recent news in, in basketball. Let Michael Beasley agrees to deal with Lakers. I thought that I was reading some sort of joke thread, uh, <laughs> it does. But, cruel. but the breakdown from our good friends over on the fantasy side at hoopball, uh, hoop-ball.com. By the way, you can uh, follow us at hoopball Lakers. I am at Dan Bespers. He is at Eli Bauman. You guys know how to find us. That's 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 a thing now. Uh, a strange, eventful summer for the Lakers gets even more strange and eventful. This is a quote, by the way, from Hoopball. ESPN's Chris Haynes is reporting that it's a one-year, three and a half million dollar deal. 
Beasley figures to slot in as a reserve power forward who can pack a little scoring punch in a pinch, but the Lakers are deep enough that he won't register on fantasy radars. Okay, that's fine. Um, I, I haven't had time to prepare any actual thoughts about Michael Beasley, but the narrative for the Lakers has been, well, they want, like, High IQ passing types like Rajon <laughs> yeah, Rondo sure. and high defense, uh, like really gritty types. I'm starting to feel like they just forgot the IQ part. And they just guys who are high. <laughs> he gets buckets. I mean, we can say that about Beasley. I think his nickname is Buckets, Dude, right? I'm going to be, I'm going to, once again, and at this point, I don't know. I'm probably just turn into a full crazy person but <laughs> i will say this for magic they have a vision <laughs> it's what is it stay to that vision which is like they're basically signing every hothead wild card that was available on the free agent market and they're basically i think just kind of going like we're gonna do an actual one-year science experiment <laughs> and yeah. just like let's see what what like the best player on the planet plus promising youth plus like guys who are insane like, uh like if that can beat the warriors this feels like I a mean, bad heist movie you're you're giving it me does this, it does this. but like everyone's the bomb expert <laughs> that's exactly right it's like oh. oceans eight if they all had the same skill which is just being a <laughs> lunatic yeah the wild card they all you gotta have you only want yeah. one of those guys and that's the that's the entire team Oh, this is nuts. Okay, so there is... All right. So trying to make sense of it a little bit, there is the notion that Michael Beasley is still a pretty gifted scorer for, yeah, all, he for all of his warts. Yeah, he had season last year. He did. Uh, he has warts. He has many of them. He doesn't play any defense. <laughs> he's uh, he's a hothead. He's uh, very much a ball hog. He's like an absolute black hole on the offensive side. But he can create, which I think... If when when we hear the Lakers spin on this ultra weird signing, I have a strong suspicion it's going to be well. We wanted to sign guys who could create either their own shot or or shots for others yep. because those guys are at a premium in the NBA. But is it worth it? <laughs> well, it seems like we may have overly internalized that lesson. Yeah, because every single guy, with the, with the exception of Javale, every guy on the team can create their own shot i mean like literally every person in the 14 people that are signed besides javel can it's just a really combustible situation it's in los angeles so if they're gonna get into trouble it's not gonna be hard to find Oy. um i was hoping they were gonna use the 15th spot i kind of had my heart set on montrez harrell who's honest like oddly unsigned by the clippers right now yeah, he's a restricted free agent, right? So they're he's a restricted free agent, but they have sixteen guys on their roster. Mm. So it's just kind of so. Anyway, I was hoping they were going to use the spot for Montrez or a licensed psychiatrist or uh, uh, Jeff Ayers, who I read has the same agent as Kawhi yeah, Leonard or, or Jeff Ayers. <laughs> was he? That was um, Jeff Pendergraft yeah. before, right? He changed his name. Is that the same dude? Who is he? Jeff? Was he Jeff Pendergraft before he went to Europe and changed his name to Ayers? <laughs> I have no idea. I got I to gotta look this one up while we're on air. I might be making that up. What is What is this, like Mission Impossible, Rogue Nation? <laughs> they just like have aliases? He was, yeah. Jeff Curtis, Jeffrey Curtis Ayers, formerly known as Jeff Pendergraph, is an American professional. Thank you, Wikipedia. That, that is the most, somehow that's the craziest story of our offseason. <laughs> that we didn't sign Jeff Pendergraph, now Jeff Ayers. 
I'm going to learn. Whole, lo- the whole thing is wild, man. He's a Southern California guy. He's an Inland oh, Empire type. He's probably got that in connection with... Well, we'll talk about Kawhi later on, I guess. So it was going to be the whole show, and now we got, now we got this madness. Um, where yeah, did, where well, does he slot in? this is our team. <laughs> yeah, good point. It's going to be entertaining. Well, yeah, I mean, I do think that, you know, on a, on a just basketball level, it's become a little puzzling. I mean, I do think Magic is kind of everyone is zigging and he's zagging, and I'm okay with that. Um, but also I think all of these contracts are like extremely tradable. And I think maybe segueing into Kawhi for a second there, we may not be done. This may, this roster may not be the team, the same roster that we have in April. Do you You know what I mean? Do you think there's any, uh, and I, this is again, you know, we just saw this Michael Beasley news, so we haven't exactly been working these theories out. And one just popped into my head. You mentioned tradable assets. Is it possible that, you know, we threw this out on our last podcast as kind of a, uh, something in passing, but also it does have some legs that this is like the LeBron rest year where you let these other guys, maybe even let the old guys run a little bit the first two months see if Rajon Rondo can put up giant numbers or maybe Michael Beasley can average like 16 points and try to move those guys for a second round pick down the line. I mean, is there any value to a weird set of moves like that? It feels, it almost feels like you're playing too long of a long game at that point. Yeah. I think like, uh, my, my, uh, grandfather had an expression that he would always say, which is like too cute by half where you, you kind of like outfox yourself. It feels like this might be that, um, I don't really know what we're doing, but I do think I'm of the opinion that magic Johnson does. I know he's getting made fun of a lot, but I actually think they handled the Kawhi thing really intelligently. Um, it wasn't a panic move, and they did it. They resisted all of the panic plays so far, and I, I put my trust in them. But this does feel like maybe we're trying too many weird things at once because if you are trying to let the kids kind of develop. Uh, it's just weird to have assembled kind of this, like not really mentor type guys. Um, unless I'm missing something. No, I don't. I don't think you're missing anything. I'm, I'm trying to come up with it from a uh, as many angles as as humanly possible. And yeah, I think to some degree there has been a little bit of an outfoxing here because somewhere I. It feels like, and and this is kind of a fun part of it, I guess, is this is now really a team built to feature the youth, the young core, right? Yeah. The, I mean, these guys, yes. almost none of these guys were brought in to displace any of the young guys. I think Rondo's the only one that has a legitimate chance to sort of overtake one of the, the Lakers' kids in yeah, Lonzo I think, Yeah, and I think that's the guy they want to push. Right. I think Lonzo's the guy that they're, this is his kind of tryout year, I think. And then they haven't, like you said, they haven't made any panic moves, probably because there's there's free agents for days coming up in the next offseason. And yeah. and nobody's getting past the Warriors this season. So Right. Within within its own logic, it all makes sense. 
it's just a lot of different parts of it that are crazy. Yeah, yeah, there's a lot of crazy guys. I, I, I like, mean, but yeah, but as I was saying, like, I do think Magic has a vision. It just seems like it might be a drunk guy at a blackjack table double vision. <laughs> it's just a little crazy. Yeah. But, I mean, <sighs> you know, he is Magic Johnson. The logic that we're using right now, or at least in my own head, is basically it's the same logic I would have used if they had signed nobody besides LeBron James, which is like, right. no, it's LeBron and the kids. And I, you know, it's a little bit disappointing that that's the logic I have to use after four or five additional free agents signed with the team. There should be some other some other aspect to it. Because if you're looking for playmakers, I mean, you've got Lonzo, you've got Brandon Ingram right there in the young guys. You have two other legitimate playmakers. So I don't... Right. Uh, I get it. I get it. The, the zig and the zag thing, that makes a lot of sense. You don't necessarily only want these uh, shooters that can't play any defense. There's something to... Because LeBron actually by himself is not that great of a defender anymore. And it kind of compounds when you've got other guys that can't stay near anybody. So there is some there's some merit to that, but boy, it's that's going all in on the no no shooting, all like angry <laughs> ball handlers. Yeah, um, they, I remember one time. I wish he was here. So, but Eric, I remember he's treating year, people right now. He's a doctor for God's sake. He doesn't have time yeah, for this yeah, nonsense. I hope he's treating our team. <laughs> uh, but I remember one year Eric must have casually mentioned to his parents that he liked. Uh, the crocodile hunter. <laughs> I don't know where this is going, for, but it's going to be great. Well, because then for his birthday, he got like six gifts. Like every single gift he got was some <laughs> crocodile hunter affiliated thing. And I feel like he just casually mentioned it probably once. And this does feel like in that magic LeBron meeting that LeBron was like, I don't want specialists. I want playmakers. And then magic went out and got eight playmakers eight lunatic playmakers so welcome um, to the la yeah. lakers 2018 2019 is going to be a weird yeah one. Um, one, one thing uh, should, should we talk about Kawhi now or do you want to talk about summer league because i have thoughts on both uh i have very few thoughts on summer league so i'd like to hear yours actually okay well as as a weirdo i watched every single summer league game and you and eric went to the uh the pre-summer league games in sacramento yeah which was awful uh we played terribly <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, we learned nothing from that. But I do think we learned a lot from our deep, deep run. Uh, we made the finals. Josh Hart, man, that finals. I did see. I did see that Josh Hart got uh, ejected twice and was also the summer league MVP. That's a pretty sweet trophy case. Off. Yeah, he did it all. <laughs> he did it all. Um, and LeBron showed up, and that that was cool. And I mean, there was a basically there was nothing not to love about. Uh, Summer League and Manny Machado is a Dodger. It's all coming up. It's all coming up L.A. right now. Yeah, it's all coming up Millhouse. Um, <laughs> but yeah, they they basically challenged Josh Hart to prove that he was the best player in Summer League, and he proved he was the best player in Summer League. Um, he just looks like a stud. It's weird. Um, you know, I think, and this this kind of involves Kawhi a little bit, but I do think that the national media has pretty consistently undervalued our young guys. Like I think, Oh yeah. I don't think there's a complete appreciation of Ingram. um, How actually good Kuzma was last year, how good Josh Hart is like Josh Hart is an NBA rotation player for sure. 
Oh, you're reminding me, and I uh, I don't think I'll be able to find it in time because it's days ago now, but it, it, what you said is so very true, it, it, and I'm trying to my best when I go through this stuff to wear kind of pragmatic goggles and not get caught up in the Lakers hoopla, uh, but someone was ranking young cores and had the Lakers at like seventh, and I yeah, thought- Yeah, I saw that article, and I was crazy. like- it's like, are they paying attention? No, not also, at all. Whatever I mean, you think about Lonzo's shot, Lonzo is a really good defender and yeah. he's a really good passer and I think a really he was, good rebound. I just, he was like just top don't... three in point guard defense this year in the NBA. He was one of the best defending point guards in the entire league as a rookie with a bad knee. Yeah. That's, yeah. Um, I can I understand. Feel like kind of on our, our young players and think that we don't know what we're doing. I think there's a lot of evidence that's this team all last year and are they going to get better so, i just um, i mean you know that yeah, that article yeah. irritated me because i felt like it could have like i could i could buy the argument for uh like the celtics they have a really good young core the philadelphia they've got these two young superstars but then there were these i don't know this list of teams that just went a mile long and i, I it blew my mind yeah, well, I, I think this is something that we mentioned in the last pod, which is just like the overvaluation of potential. And it's like, you know, everyone was talking about, you know, well, a draft, a first round draft pick. And like, that's only good if the player ends up being good. I mean, like, you know, you were talking about DeAndre Ayton. It's like, no one has any idea if that guy's going to be good, you know, but because it's an unknown thing, you can always project whatever fantasy you want onto what what he's going to be. I do think that, you know, Lonzo Ball was, oh my God, he's going to revolutionize the NBA. And then people saw him play and reacted the other way. Like, oh, well, he's not good. He, do you see how he shot? And it's like, dude, he's 20. Like, we, you know, we don't know. And actually, if you watch closely, you can see a lot of good stuff. Like, there's a ton of good stuff. Even if he just peeks out at, what he was last year, which he's not going to. No. That's still a really guy. good NBA player. I would be more than happy to have that guy on my team. I'm a big Lonzo file. We've we've done that on this pod before. I'm I'm very pro Lonzo. I love the fact that he can play defense and rebound. I mean, he's a point guard that's actually not only is he playing defense, but you can actually see it in the box score. Like he's blocking shots from the point guard position, which is it's crazy. His hands are great. Uh, I yep. love his lightning fast passes. There's nothing I love more than a dude throwing fastballs on a basketball court. That like that tickles me in a way that maybe it shouldn't, but because everyone on the court is so absurdly fast, to have the guy who throws the ball just a little bit harder, that's going to get dudes open looks. And, and I, I don't know. I don't feel like that. I mean, LeBron does that too, but a lot of point guards, and this is something like Drew Holiday actually falls into this category for me as a really good guard who was a really bad point guard for New Orleans because his passes were slow. He threw slow passes. They got picked off all the time. You can't do that in the NBA. And Lonzo's throwing heat. He's like DeGrom out there. Uh, I love it. I'm, I'm very pro Lonzo, and I'm very irritated that the Phoenix Suns were ranked higher than the Lakers. As you, They're terrible. As they were terrible. Devin Booker right. is a great shooter, but he's a chucker. And Josh Jackson's a chucker, and TJ Warren's a chucker. I know that whole team because they're all chuckers. They're also, great. Josh Jackson looked awful in Summer League. I mean, just just as a subplot, like I think that's another, 
you know, and who know who knows how it's going to play out. I don't believe people should give up on, but like that guy who I had heard was like, Oh, well, this is going to be Josh Jackson's breakout season. I was like, that guy was unplayable in summer league this year, which Yikes. is not a good, a good sign. And I think like, you know, back to Devin Booker, who's obviously like a really good player, but Devin Booker looks miserable to play with. And Awful. Lonzo, for whatever you think about Lonzo is like by all accounts. And I mean, you could just watch it. Like, He's incredibly fun to play with. He's incredibly unselfish. He runs fast. He wants you to succeed. He plays defense. Um, <laughs> he plays defense, so you don't have to. I do, like, I got so excited, and I don't know how long they're going to be able to do it at any given time, but there was some talk about, you know, our the Lakers' quote, death lineup. Um, you know, like, basically oh, our yeah. equivalent of the Golden State death lineup. And... You know, that's basically they're saying LeBron at the center, um, LeBron at the five, Kuzma at the four, Ingram at the three, uh, Josh Hart at the two, and Lonzo at the one. And I'm like, I don't know if that's a good team, <laughs> but that is the most fun lineup I could possibly imagine. It's pretty watching. sweet that four of the five guys in that lineup are effectively crazy young. Like Ingram is the yeah, old man. three and under. That's... And that's, you know, that puts a guy like KCP in a in a, a really nice reserve role, if you wanted to call it. I mean, he's probably going to start this year, right? But uh, it seems like it seems like that might be up in the air. Magic keeps hinting that Josh Hart is basically playing for a starter's hmm. a starting role, and was kind of like, look, it's there for the taking. If he takes it, hmm. he takes it. And that was kind of the challenge for. Uh, Josh Hart in Summer League. By the way, just while we're still talking Summer League, V. Uh, Mikhailuk is a superstar. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm like every other diehard Laker fan, I have now become obsessed with Svi Mikhailuk. Yeah, I, I didn't know who he was prior to the draft. I still don't really know who he is, but I did look up his name and thought, that's pretty cool. Uh, but it sounds like he was just bombing in threes. No, that is not true. He was nasty. He crossed dudes over. He dunked. He can drop. He's good. He's one of those guys uh, who was like a point guard until he was 16 or 17. Late and then bloomer. kind of sprouted up. And they, but so he has, the, I originally thought he was just a sharpshooter. He was going to be just a guy who spotted up or maybe came off screens. He's actually way, way, way better than that. Hmm. I don't know how they did it. Like the Lakers found another guy. That unless he gets to the league and you're like, oh, he can't defend anyone, which, by the way, did not look true in summer league. It's just it's summer league. You know, he's defending <laughs> yeah. guys who may not play, but he's good. He's feisty like he his feet move fast. He's not just like a slow white dude. Um, and by the way, neither was Wagner when he played. Yeah, before like, he not a not a stiff. Uh, well, he's going to have to play, right? Because the Lakers are a little bit thin at center this year. <laughs> I think both of them are going to play. I mean, I don't know who's not going to play because it seems like we're almost... I hope the answer is Lance Stevenson. I, I, yeah. That's the one dude in this whole team that I hope doesn't actually play. He's a net negative yeah. out there. I I'll could, tell you who definitely shouldn't play as well is Isaac Bonga. <laughs> who's like 12 who years old. Is 12 years old and seemed like he had just started playing basketball. Yeah. Sounds like he'll be uh, your your ticket to the South Bay Lakers. What's that guy's name? Like Isaac Tran, who's selling you seats down there. Oh yeah. I don't, I don't want to say something cause it's going to end up being 
vaguely racist if oh, I try to guess what his name is. I don't remember what. I'm sure it's in an email. We could look it up. But they'll 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 rope you in for season tickets to go see uh, Bonga. <laughs> that's that's how they get yeah. you. Yeah. Uh, okay. So let me ask you this though, because okay. I do feel like um, some of this kind of like overvaluing of draft picks and potential actually came came to fruition in the Kawhi trade in a weird way, which was like. I mean, I don't know what they were being offered, but it definitely seems like uh, San Antonio didn't want a kind of youth movement uh, rebuild of, among potential and took took basically a, a finished product in Demar Derozan. I mean, what are your, what are your thoughts on on that kind of choice that they made? So I, you know, if you put all the emotional stuff aside, because I can't really speak to all that aspect of this, and it seems pretty clear that Demar is pretty upset about it. Uh, I think this is a move the Raptors were wise to make. I I I get it from their standpoint, for sure. Uh, From the San Antonio standpoint, it just seems like they probably weren't getting offered any of the stuff they wanted, right? Ultimately, because for them, their choices were... Uh, try to get a whole bunch of really good young players. They wanted, you know, Brandon Ingram, Kyle Kuzma, whatever. They wanted Markel Fultz. They wanted someone that they could go Sounds young. Like they didn't want Markel Fultz, though. It sounded like they were asking for Ben Simmons. Oh, well, that was just never like going to happen. I'm like, they're going <laughs> to hang up the phone. That's why I still don't really understand what their approach was. Uh, ask for too much, it seems like, was right. the approach. <laughs> and, like, get right. shot down repeatedly. Uh, until someone went back to the drawing board and was like, "Guys, I don't, I don't think we've gone about this the right way. <laughs> we're not going to get any of the dudes we're asking for." They wanted to be able to go young because right now they're locked into like a Lamarcus Aldridge purgatory where they're not going to win the West and they're not going to get a good draft pick. Uh, so I think they just decided, you know, we're not going to get the really great uh, draft picks or young players. So screw it. Let's just double down on Lamarcus Aldridge, but guard the guard form of LaMarcus. And it's just going to be mid-range until the end of time out there. And they'll be decent for three or four years. So, you know, if that's good enough for your franchise, then that's fine. They'll be an entertaining team. They'll be in the playoffs, I think. Uh, They won't win the championship. But they're stubborn, but they're not stupid. So, I mean, like, asking for Ben Simmons, you know, is a non-starter. Yeah. Like, I think it became pretty clear pretty quick that asking for Brandon Ingram was going to be a non-starter. I think that that's how the Lakers view him. And I, I, by the way, I think that's correct. As time went on, I started to think that was more and more correct with all of the questions about Kawhi. I, I think I, th- I came around to the notion of like, well, I'm not getting rid of Brandon Ingram and the rest of the roster. Maybe we can, we can talk. Right. And plus but, there's going to be San Antonio knew that, guys. right? Yeah, I think they did. I think they w- were hoping that someone would do something dumb. And uh, ultimately, they found, you know, I guess to San Antonio's credit, they found a trade partner that was in the right spot where the Raptors sort of have right. one, they've got one last gasp up there. Lowry's going to start the downhill. DeRozan's about to probably start his downhill. Sergi Baca is all the way near the end of his downhill. Yeah. Their, their run was close to done. They had DeRozan and Lowry, I think, signed for two more seasons yeah, each. Yeah, once again, it makes... To me, the trade actually made a ton of sense on the surface. I'm like, if I'm Toronto, I'm basically going, Kawhi's a huge upgrade over DeRozan. We can basically compete for the finals 
Oh, yeah. You know, like to me, this team is now like 1B. I still think Boston is probably the best team, depending on how they come together. I think Toronto is the, the almost equal. And then I think Philly is one notch behind. Is Kawhi For, now the best player in the Eastern Conference? He or Giannis, right? Oh, yeah. Yes. So it's between those two, I think. Which is a pretty sweet and thing it, to get. It just depends which version of Kawhi it is. Right. Um, and I think that still remains to be seen. Um, but I also, I get it from San Antonio's perspective in that, um, you know, DeRozan's going to be good. They're going to be in the playoffs probably, you know, with this team. This is a competitive team. Maybe they, you know, they won 47 games with just Aldridge last year. So, you know, maybe they're a 50-win team. Maybe they're feisty. Who knows? Um but I don't understand why they didn't ask for more on top. Like they got what seems like maybe the fifth best young guy. Yeah, Toronto. On Toronto. They have a lot of really interesting. Yeah, bench, bench I mean guys. Siakam or Ananobi or uh, Van Vliet. Like they just had better guys that I would have wanted, and San Antonio had worse guys that I would have tried to dump. Like Danny Green is good. Yeah, they sent away their best. Actually, I think I read that he's the best transition defender in the NBA. Which yeah. is a weird stat, but good. <laughs> like, uh, why not try to get ditch Patty Mills or Pau Gasol or I don't know. I don't know. That's that's the thing. They're in they're in Aldridge purgatory right now. I don't know what they're trying to right. do. They're not. And I also yeah. The floor. And, and Popovich is not trying to go out with a rebuild. No, I think is also what happened. So do we think this is like the Spurs saying, "All right, we're going to ride this one for two or three years, and then we're tearing it down"? They'll just squeeze a little bit out of it. Maybe, but then why not try to have OG Anunobi in your rebound? Like, that that's the part that I don't understand is just like, and maybe it just shows how little leverage they had. Uh, maybe Toronto was just like, yeah, we're not giving you any of those guys. But here, so, we like, do have an all-star. Take it or leave it. Yeah, I think that may be it. I think they just may have had no leverage at all, and it was like the Raptors and who? Was anybody else even bidding at this point? No, I mean, it, it seems like they... Once you're once you decide you're not interested in the youth packages, your basic and once Kawhi basically seemed to make it very clear that he's a rental, unless he's going to L.A. I guess there's really not that much you can do. Watch, I, I'm sure now like Jacob Podol will score thirty <laughs> points a game and will be the, the next. You know, he'll actually be okay. I think with San Antonio because they always maximize these guys, and I, I yeah, thought he do. played okay uh, even with Toronto last year, but he's not. He's definitely not a linchpin young guy. He's not a budding right. superstar. He's like a budding solid defensive center, which in the modern NBA, they barely get to play anymore. Uh, right. Well, I mean, mm. so what does this mean from the Lakers standpoint then? is this Well, okay. So, I mean, this is great news. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's great news it, uh, for any number of reasons. One, he's out of the, the immediate reason. He's out of the West. One of the best players in the league is out of the West. Uh, so that's great. We don't have to compete <laughs> with Kawhi on the Spurs this year. Um, and whatever you think of DeRozan, and I like DeRozan a lot, but he's not Kawhi Leonard. No. Um, so that's item one. Item two is he seems instantly unhappy with Toronto um, picking him up. Which, by the way, I disagree with him. Toronto's an awesome city. Yeah, I think he'll end up playing there and being, like, uh, palatable for them. I don't think he's going to sit out. 
I, he, he's not, I mean, it's just too much money to lose. Yeah. Um, but you know, he doesn't see it. It's, it's not where he wanted to go. Um, and it's not even on probably his second tier of places he wanted to go. So, I mean, for us, that's great news. He, he seems very firmly on the table, barring some huge change of heart. And I know people keep talking about the Paul George, but th- this is a different situation than that situation. And Russell Westbrook is different than Kyle Lowry. And I don't think there are that many parallels. Yeah, I don't think Kawhi. Um, I don't think Kawhi feels like he needs to be shielded from national media attention by a guy like Russell Westbrook. It feels like the the Paul no. George thing was like he didn't want to be held responsible for for anything. Agreed. Agreed. I don't know so, what Kawhi Leonard is thinking. It's whatever Uncle no Dennis is thinking. <laughs> Literally, nobody does. I don't even know that he does. No, it's uh, Uncle D. So, what do you think? What do you think going? Okay, so let's say this just plays out in the most kind of likely scenario, which is Kawhi plays out the season. He probably likes it more than he thought he would. Toronto's frisky, but doesn't win the finals. We're frisky and don't win the finals. And we're now sitting this time, July, 2020. If Trump hasn't killed all of us by that point, or, you know, if we're not owned by Russia, what do you think happens? Hmm. Hmm. Well, uh, you know, they, they don't own the Nets anymore, so I can't I can't make any jokes about Prokhorov, uh, except that there was that story earlier this week, which I know it wasn't like your notable, your news-breaking guy, but I forget who it was, something Arthur, I think, who put out a story about Kawhi Leonard starting to work on building his own super team, potentially in L.A., potentially in Brooklyn, I guess, was on his list. Hmm. I don't I don't know. And I tried to come up with I tried to come up with reasoning why someone might leak a story like that and I couldn't other than Brooklyn, I couldn't really figure out who that would benefit. Um I don't know. I kind of liked it better when he was just miserable. Cuz then it was like, oh, well the Lakers, this is where I want to go. There's nothing really else that's on the table right now. The longer he was miserable, the more the Lakers become the the shining beacon for him and now he's right, going to be less miserable you this, but you, but he's not necessarily that much less miserable i think he might end up being less miserable but he seemed pretty miserable about this trade yeah i guess that his camp leaked to chris haynes that he didn't want to play in toronto within like yeah. eight minutes after the One trade. Second. let me ask you a different a slightly different question are does this raise any red flags as far as whether or not the Lakers should want him on the Lakers? No, I'm still good with it. Yeah, I mean, me too. <laughs> me I too. But I, but I do think it's at least worth noting. Yeah, I agree. Noticing. I, I completely agree. I think you and I and Eric, we've done a really good job at every point along the way. We've stopped and we've said, has any of this changed whether or not we want him? And every time we've had a good reason to say yes uh, but a much better reason to say no, because, yeah. uh, oh, I mean, this is like the Eli Manning stuff in football, right? Where he refused to play in San Diego. Was it, is that how that whole thing shook out? Yeah, I don't San watch Diego. The, I don't watch yeah. the NFL very much, but ultimately he ended up going where he wanted to go and then winning Super Bowl. you know, that's, that's uh, that's a success story of a guy being a total dick. 
getting what he wanted <laughs> and it working out for the team where he ended up. It it does it does tend to it go does okay. Happen. Yeah. But it but it does seem I think the notion that he's like the easy superstar has now been fully dispelled. Oh, completely. He's the least easy superstar. <laughs> yeah. Um, which is funny because the way I've kind of got it in my head, looking just looking ahead to 2019, because I do think to some extent that's also what's happening here. The, the, every indication of how the Lakers have played out free agency is being like, let's be fun and competitive this year and see what happens. But really, next year is where the team, the fully formed, like, we're here to crush you, Ivan Drago-style team, is 2019. And for me, the top, and I think it's unlikely because I think he's going to resign, but even over Kawhi, the guy I want is Klay Thompson. Mm, that's, my, that's my number one pick. I th- Yeah, I mean, I think I'd probably go Kawhi as my number one, um, I although... Kevin Durant might be my number one. <laughs> oh yeah, well that's uh, that's a whole other thing. I don't know what's gonna happen in Golden State. They're finally about to see yeah. the money stuff become an yep. issue because they had this beautiful, this tiny little magical window that will may never happen again with the way the salary cap jumped and it wasn't smoothed at first. Uh, and they had Steph on a super cheap deal, and they had been able to sign Draymond to. to his thing and so they just had all this cash lying around well now they've had to give Steph the big contract and KD gets his raise and Clay is I mean he's only making 19 million dollars this year which I which I realize is a pretty big number when compared to what most people make for but, humans yes. yeah <laughs> but for Clay Thompson that's well below his market it's rate. under market yeah and Draymond Green is only making 17 million dollars this coming year well he he's the one he's already said he's gonna ask for the max and he will Draymond has already said that uh they've got him for two more seasons so something's gonna pop either at the end of two more years or at the end of this coming year because uh, keeping all those pieces together is gonna be damn near impossible and then just human nature, right? They're going to want to yeah. try something else. It's at some point you're just like, all right, this this has been real, but we're like 6 years deep in this. Let's right. let's see what other universes out there. One of those yeah. dudes could end up I a Laker. I just don't know that Clay is wired that way. Yeah, the guy man. that I want seems like the most likely to be like, eh, Yeah, I'll I'm stay. Well, I don't want to move. Things you know? are, yeah, like, things are good. It's things are good. I'm, you know, I'm a splash brother. Three ways. I get a splash brother. I get a lot of credit. I'm one of the two splash brothers. Yeah, Kevin, Kevin Durant like might me. leave. I'm having a good time. We might be looking at a Lakers team with LeBron and KD next year. I do think that's more possible, though. I still think that's going to be the Knicks. By yeah. the way, my my hot take for this year is I actually don't think Golden State's going to win. That is my weird hot take. I think they really they really came close to losing this year. The Rockets had them. The Rockets have had a bad offseason, though. If Houston hadn't gotten worse, I'd be... If Houston had just stood pat, I'd feel better about this prediction. But I do think that the Golden State thing might unravel this year. And it may be one of those things where we look at it like we looked at the end of the Miami Heat run with LeBron, where it was like... At, at the beginning of the season, it looked like it could just go on forever. And then by the end of the season, you realize like these things do have a shelf life. And... Nature does run its course and happens and it it might be one of those where we look back and be like, oh, there were actually a lot of indicators. It's very hard to make five finals. Yeah, it's almost impossible. It's exhausting. These guys are beat to hell. Uh, I think they I think 
they win it again. I, I think there's one more in the tank for this crew, and then I think that splits it up. Well, they certainly aren't going to lose to an Eastern Conference team in the finals. So I guess if they if they don't win it all, then they lose somewhere along the way. I just, yeah, the Houston offseason has been a clunker, losing two of their critical 3 and D guys. That was rough for them. It seems like they're going to try to turn those dudes into mellow coming up, which is uh, not... Not great for their not schemes. Ideal. No, not ideal. Not ideal. Um, I, I, I hate to say it, but I kind of like the weird Frico roster that the Thunder are building with a lot yeah. of defense first guys. They're sneaky. They're going to be sneaky, uh, and they're going to be mad too because they got embarrassed this year. And yeah, Russ is always mad, but the other guys might be mad around him now. <laughs> I had I had the same thought, which was like. Oh, you know who could be the frisky team that no one sees coming exactly even though it's like they're not a cute underdog story. No, they, they spent like, two hundred and eighty million dollars. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. But I I was like when they picked up Schroeder Schroeder? Schroeder? Schroeder, yeah. Ricky Schroeder. Uh <laughs> I was like, Oh, that's one of those sneaky good moves that goes under the radar at the time because this time has been so chaotic. But you know, now you're kind of looking at either a six man or a, or you know, a fellow they're, guard. I don't know what. Very no, fast. he's probably a six man, right? They're very fast. They're. I don't know what they're going to do with him on the offensive end because it's like, it's Russ with the ball every single possession. Yeah. Uh, but they have outside of Westbrook, who is a gambler. They have some really good defenders on that yeah. team now. Jeremy Grant, Paul George. Uh, well, Andre, uh, Andre Roberson, Roberson is yeah. the second coming of uh, Scottie Pippen, obviously. Because <laughs> the way everyone was talking about it, hashtag unfinished business, was that if, uh, if Andre Roberson healthy. had been there, they would have swept uh, Golden State and Utah and, you know, we'd Everybody. Just, we'd, it'd be a coronation. Yeah. The, Andre, his, his career 22% from downtown was going to lift them over the top. But they are good on defense, which makes up for the fact that they have this weird... Russell Westbrook cap on the offensive side or Billy Donovan cap or whoever you want to put the blame on. They only can do so many things when one guy runs the same two plays every time down the court. That's true. But if they can stop other people, then they can get that points per possession thing where then they have a little bit of an edge, I guess. Uh, well, I don't are, know. Are we Okay. Let me ask you this question. You're going to play some bets, aren't you? Oh, like I haven't already. By the way, I bet on Kawhi and the Raptors. Nice. So I made a little money off of that. Eli's just, buying. That's a subplot. Um, I mean, I, I that there was an option to bet on him going there, and I took, I seized the opportunity because I was like, why did they just go way up in the? Yeah, betting, that was which a basically weird. Basically, means that some some that means people know stuff. Yeah, it means somebody behind the scenes put a crap load of money on the Raptors. Right, right and Vegas decided like we're not going to get screwed. Uh huh. Um, okay, but let me ask you this, because basically all of the arguments we just made for Oklahoma City, can you make that argument for the Lakers? No. Can you make the argument that we're <laughs> going to sneak up on people? I wish I could. I wish I could. But a lot of our guys, I think, have a better reputation than the numbers might actually mm. indicate. Like Rondo is pretty old. There was a time in his life where he was pretty good on defense. He's just a little slow now. Right. Um, KCP is decent on defense, but maybe not quite as good as everybody wants to give him credit for. He does get blown by a little bit. Right. Um, 
Lonzo is outstanding on defense. He's the he's like the anchor for that team on the defensive side. So I don't know that the Lakers are going to sneak up on people because everybody's going to be mad about the whole LeBron thing. But uh, just from a, like an overall wins loss perspective, I I do actually agree with your assessment. I do think the Lakers are going to win. I thought going a week ago, frankly, I thought betting the under on the Lakers would make a lot of sense. But now, the more that I'm seeing everybody talking about how this roster, the assembly of this roster is is a dumpster fire, there might actually be some value on an over with the Lakers as people start well, to yeah. say, what are the, how is this all going to come together? Well, it's going to come together because they've got four or five really good young dudes that are going to be X times better this season even than they were last year. And they won 35 games without LeBron. Yep. I mean, I, I, I betting-wise, it, it just depends how much the like Laker-loving public bumps the number up, yeah. which I'm sure will be... A lot. It, you know, you pay a Laker tax, which is <laughs> yeah. going to be three games higher than it should be. Yeah, it's a shame. Most likely. But I do think that when, they, when we initially signed LeBron, it was like, obviously, euphoria and people probably took it too far but now i think it's gone the other way we're, we're being undervalued as a team i mean i also think it's kind of like the that part in all of the mission impossible impossible movies where they're like we've got to you know break into langley and get the knock list and you're like this is so crazy it just might work <laughs> well but like, i do think we have all the bomb guys we, right, we, we have all it. the oceans 11 bomb guys bomb experts but i do think that to some extent it's a, it's certainly a fun gamble. I don't know that it's a smart gamble, but it's an awesome gamble to be like, let's assemble this crazy team of guys who are not going to be scared, who are going to all think they're the best player on the court. And <laughs> let's just us. like go in there and like throw haymakers. And, you know, what I will say this, I think if, if, if you're talking just playoffs, because I think we're going to make the playoffs. I've heard people being like, they're not even going to make the playoffs. I'm like, screw off. We have, like, since when has LeBron not made the playoffs? Yeah. Um, but I, I feel pretty confident that if I'm another team, I would not want anything to do with matching up against us in the playoffs. Mainly because we're such a wild card team. If you told me that there was a playoff series where Michael Beasley averaged 22 points... I would like not be shocked. No, he, I know that he's capable of that. You'd have the same reaction as if someone told you Michael Beasley took two shots, missed them both, turned it over eight times, and never played another second in the right, playoffs. Right, but okay. Which is like, but, okay, yeah. But, okay. But if you told me, I, I think we can both agree, like Robert Covington is a much better player than Lance Stevenson. <laughs> uh, by, a, by a bit. Uh who, did I, who were we just talking about? Oh, Michael Beasley. But if you told me that Robert Covington scored 20 points a game in a series or 23 points, like you couldn't stop Robert Covington in this series. I'd be shocked. Whereas if you told me that Lance Stevenson scored 20 points in a series, I'd be like, <laughs> that's crazy, but he is Lance Stevenson. Yeah. You know, like I, I, I like the, the same thing that makes us combustible where if you also told me we got swept in the series, I'd be like, yeah, well, that's what happens when you sign nothing uh -huh. but weirdos and young people for to be your team. I think like we could have one of those weird playoff runs where it's like 
it doesn't really make sense, but LeBron's still the best player on the planet. And like, who know who knows day to day what our lunatic team is going to do? Yeah, the bell curve is pretty wide for this one. It's pretty wide. Which, just <laughs> as a fan, I could not be more excited. We have like the all meme team. I'm so in for it. Uh, there's a good chance that like two, maybe three of our players get like an embarrassing arrest or disappear to like have a sue. Hey, look, as long as KCP isn't coming two games from jail this year, I feel like it's a step in the right direction. And we haven't even mentioned him. Yeah. A guy who wore an ankle bracelet last season has not even been registering on our team <laughs> as one of the potential problems. We haven't even we've been talking about lunatics and we haven't mentioned LeVar Ball. Yeah, he nobody cares about LeVar Ball anymore. He's man. not he's, even on the radar. He's yesterday's news. He said he could beat LeBron one on one and the internet was like, Oh, Ah, we don't care. Maybe maybe that was Magic's grand strategy was oh. just the only way to neutralize LeVar Ball was to sign five gar- guys crazier than LeVar Ball to be <laughs> on the team. brilliant. You filled a room. It's like finding Where's Waldo when everyone is dressed as Waldo. Exactly. They took away his super strength. <laughs> That's brilliant. Magic, shrewd. Very shrewd, Magic. Very shrewd. Okay, let's play one last exercise here before we wrap this one up. The exercise yes. is, what's the worst case scenario, barring injury? Let's eliminate injury from the mix. Okay. Worst case scenario for this coming season, for me, is that somebody gets a stick or a bug in their bonnet. I don't know. Is a bee in their bonnet, a bug in their ass? Whatever the expression is. I don't know. It's definitely from the 30s. So. <laughs> Whatever it is, it's something that someone like me, a baseball broadcaster, should know how to say. Uh, that someone gets a, a, a bee in their bonnet. And plays uh-huh. all of the old guys all season long. But I almost don't see that as even I a possibility. A, I think that's a 0% chance of that happening. That I think to me the is only the worst guy case. That, that happens with is Rondo, potentially. That's the worst case scenario for me. That, that, is that the Lakers are like, oh, we got to prove we can actually win. So forget the young guys for now. Let's play the old guys. Brutal. I'd rather I, lose games yeah. and play the young guys. And I think that's that's the corollary to my answer to that question. Which my answer to that question is the worst case scenario for this year is that the young guys don't take a big step forward that we kind of go, Oh, like Ingram's a nice player or like, Oh, Kuzma's a guy who can just score, but that's kind of it. Or that Lonzo is such a liability as a shooter and a driver that it's not worth it. Those are my big fears are because I do think that the bet that they made and I think it's pretty clear is we're not willing to kind of mortgage our future for a win quick strategy. That's, that's the bet that they made. Um, I think that's the bet that they made last year with Paul George. I think that's the bet that they are making this year with Kawhi. Um, and just in the guys that they're signing, their whole strategy seems to be like, we have potent, we think we have potential all-stars on rookie contracts. And that is actually the most valued thing you could possibly have. And we have enough cap space to fill in, you know, with the, either another superstar or awesome bench guys next year. I think that that's the bet. So the worst case scenario to me is to realize that that was a bad bet. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that is that is a worst case scenario. Um, what of each of those guys, what is the step that they each need to make for us to feel good about this decision? For Lonzo, I assume it's the shot for... Or the drive. It To me, Lonzo, it's the driving. It's seeing that he's going to be aggressive enough to cause defenses, break down defenses, because he didn't really do that 
last no, year. No, I don't think he could trust. He didn't really trust himself near the rim. So no. you sort of have to. Okay, that's fair. Um, what about Ingram? It seemed like he was just sort of getting a little bit better at everything. Is that the, is that trajectory continue? Yeah, I think okay. that I think in Ingram by the end of this season, you want to think like that guy is going to make two All Star teams. That's that that I think is like, and I think he's an outside shot of doing that sooner than later. I I'm a big Ingram believer. Like I just don't. There's almost no scenario, barring injury, knock on wood, that like he's not a bust. So the question is just like how high the ceiling is, but he has a pretty much complete offensive game and he has all of the tools to be a good defender. So I just don't, him and Hart are the guys I'm the least, they seem the most knowable to me. Yeah, like Josh need... Hart, I think there's no universe where Josh Hart is out of the league in three years. No, he's going to no. be, he might not be a superstar, but it does seem like he'll just be a good basketball player. Yeah. Useful. Kuzma's got to get stronger and better. Uh, uh, right, tough rebounding situations, defensive stuff. I love that. Love that killer instinct on the offensive side, but he's not killing anybody on defense so far. No, and I think that's the, that's the jump you got to make. And by the way, you don't need all of these guys to be unreal. I think you need three of them of that four to be really good players and just get better. You want to see progress yeah. in some field, and that's okay. So I think we basically see eye to eye on that stuff. Um, the next time we talk, hopefully nothing insane has happened. I don't, I don't even know what to root for at this point. Like it's good. It's good radio, but damn, it's, it's nerve wracking. Michael Beasley's a Laker. (laughs) Yeah. As long as these guys don't like try to reenact the movie, set it off. Uh, I think we'll be okay. Just as a weird postscript on this. Um, the SBs were last night. Yeah. Yeah. You worked those things. I work on those. Uh, I'm one of the writers for the ESPYs. And uh, I really, really wanted to meet uh, Kuzma, who was there, or Josh Hart, who was there. Um, I did not get to do that because LeBron hosted his own rival party to the one (laughs) that the ESPYs puts on, which I was not invited to. But I did get to meet JaVale McGee. Outstanding. Who was wearing a fanny pack. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and that, in a weird way, felt worth it. Yeah. Um, and I got to meet Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, who we somehow convinced to wear a uh, full Game of Thrones outfit for a bit, <laughs> and he was fantastic. So outstanding. You know, it could have been worse. I want more SB stories on the next episode of Ball in, Ball out. You got you got a few more up your sleeve. I'm sure you do. Things that you can mm-hmm. say that won't get you in any trouble. I guess. Okay. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah. Uh, he is Eli Bauman. I am Dan Bespris. Doctor Noble will rejoin us for the next edition when he's not uh, being a doctor, which, uh, folks, I don't mean to surprise you, but that's more important than this podcast. Slightly. (laughs) Slightly. Uh, Have a wonderful week or two. Whenever we get back at you, something crazy will happen. You can guarantee that. Michael Beasley, welcome to the Los Angeles Lakers. Yeah, and subscribe and rate us and all that good stuff. Yeah, what Eli said. So long, everybody. Peace. This has been a Hoop Bowl presentation. 
Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill.